Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Chris Sinzak and Aaron Camaro. Oh, God, what week is it? Is it time again? It is time. Finally. It's finally time. Time for the Decibel Geek Podcast. I can't believe I'm even here, but here we are. It's time to have some fun and rock and roll with your boys. I'm Aaron. That's Chris. You know us. We're here almost every week when we're not sick. I think all that typo negative last week put me in a tomb for most of this week, (laughs) but I drug myself out of it. Chris is here. We've got an awesome guest today. We're going to have an awesome subject. We're talking about one of our favorite bands, Anthrax. We're talking with one of our favorite people, Sean Franklin, and we're going to get to all that in just a minute. But before we do, you know how we got to do it. We got to take care of our business. So we look to our iTunes reviews, we look to our Facebook recommendations, and we got some good stuff going on here. Let's let's look at uh Facebook first. Are you okay. doing all right? Yeah, I'm good. You seem healthy. Yeah, I'm doing better than I was. Yeah. yeah. All right, good. That time of year. All right, so here we go. This one is on iTunes and it is one star. Ah, oh, come on, not this again. Ah, it goes like this. This show is terrible. I try to use it as background noise while cleaning Mr. Ramsey's apartment, but it's just too distracting. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to go make hot dogs for Bobby's dinner. Lois, the robot maid from the movie Runaway. Wow. We just can't win with the damn bots. Can't even get Lois, the robot from Runaway, to, to like us. Golly. All right, let's move on from that. Here's a Facebook recommendation. Comes to us from Mike Hogbin. Hey, that sounds like a real person. I think I'm going to like this one already. <laughs> Goes like this. Chris and Aaron are the best. Fun to listen to, and they even seem to know what they talk about. We fooled them. <laughs> Sometimes it works. Great guests with in-depth interviews. Keep it up. Thank you, Mike. That's an awesome Facebook recommendation. Awesome. I love that. So our, from the people. Yeah. And speaking of people, our other favorite people, Geeks of the Week, these are people from that shared on Facebook and retweeted on Twitter our typo negative discussion last week. It a lot was of, spooky. A lot of good feedback. People like yeah, it. Yeah, people love typo negative. Geeks so of the week, week this week are Adam Cox, Darren Lanou, Freeform Rock Podcast, Mark Alden-Taylor, Tony Bakken, Andy Connors, Baco, Cobras and Fire, Kevin Williams, Dave Shirt, Mike Tyler, Nate Atchison, James West, Ian Wadley from Rock and Metal Combat, Samuel Wetz, Aaron Baker, Eric Sartana Horner, Kenneth McDonald, Greg Troyan, Eric Senzak, Greg Spicoli and Renaud, 
Jody Marie, Jeffrey Mendenhall, Gene Vogel, Kenneth Roy, Rodney Dixon, Mike Parnell, Joseph Capone, Greg York, David Glenn, Brant Cattell, Bill Elam, Shane Hebert, Todd Cunningham, Miguel, Mikhail Burrell, Ray Coon, Joey Vancieri, David Cathy, Ernesto Aguiar, and of course... The, the Mooger Fooger. Yes, Andy Connors did an awesome job with us last week, traveling the whole career, the retrospective of Typo Negative. One of our favorite bands. I'm hoping we turned on some new people to that band. Perfect way to celebrate Halloween. Yeah. And this week we're back from the dead. Almost yeah. literally, it feels like. But today, we got something special going on. We're talking about Anthrax. Yeah, we're going to get thrashy. We're going to have a discussion about the Anthrax album, State of Euphoria, which just got the 30th anniversary version was just released. And you believe that we have a guy from the inside who you heard him on the spreading the disease episode. Yeah. So now you're going to hear him on this one. Sean Franklin, welcome back to the show. Why, hello there, gentlemen. For people that may have missed the spreading the disease episode, explain um, your involvement in this album and how it came together. It all goes back to 2014. I had the idea to go to Chuck D, who I work for. And say, listen, can you do something for my resume? Like, actually write up something for my resume? And he's like, well, I could, but what, you know, why don't you actually come to work for me full-time doing this stuff? I'm like, oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, let's do that. And then reach out to Charlie because I did a master of spreading disease where I thought I sounded really, really good. And I wanted to try to get him as a client, too. So I reached out to him, and he was receptive. And he's like, oh, you know, send it along, and that, that'd be awesome, and, you know, whatever. And he loved what I did, and then all of a sudden it's like one thing leads to another, and then he sends me a box of tapes because I work for Chuck. Again, Chuck D is the kingpin of this whole story because he, he's worked with Chuck, and he respects him and everything, and he was like almost my co-sign. Nice. And I, I actually did the freaking uh, Spread the Disease for Universal for uh, re-release. And then the next thing was for State of Euphoria, and with the box of tapes I was actually sent, I couldn't even believe the amount of material. There was so much stuff in there. Outtakes, demos, all kinds of stuff. So it, so it, it awesome, was pretty man. amazing um, to actually go through that stuff. Yeah, and and this release, is it's a really impressive release because you're not only getting a remastered version of the album, which sounds freaking huge, but you're, you're also getting... This, too, has basically the evolution of each song it's like you you get the earliest demo and then it's like even got progress throughout like it's a it's a every every song is like a uh i don't know what you call it like a montage basically of yeah. how it started and to how it ended and that was what i like the most about this is because you, you know if you're into songwriting or wanting to know how a song developed you get like that on almost every one of the songs on the second disc, which is really impressive because you'll hear them doing takes. You'll hear them in practice with it. They're talking back and forth to each other. So it's really fascinating to hear the evolution of each song. And I'm having a feeling that you were a big part of putting those things together. That was like the most exciting part of, I swear to God, the, the, the whole thing. That was like the most exciting part because with going through all these tapes, and like I said, Charlie sent me like boxes and boxes and boxes of tapes this is going to be an ongoing series. Going through stuff, I'm like, I would see, like, I don't know, tapes labeled like uh, Charlie's Euphoria or something like that. And I'm like, I don't even know what's on these tapes. So you start, like, combing through stuff and you find stuff. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's really, really cool. Or uh, Charlie, Charlie's Riffs 1988 or 89. Mm. And it's like, okay, well, it's on here. So, and one 90 minute cassette 
there might be one of the riffs for like say finally or something like that could be on that cassette so you know we extracted that stuff and put it on the release but it was just so wild and so awesome to be able to like go through all this stuff again and even more so than spread the disease because spread the disease had a bunch of stuff from like uh sun plaza in japan uh joey's medusa demo basically the whole album tracked like instrumental but to me state of euphoria was like so much more exciting because you're really seeing like you said the evolution of start to finish so we started making these composites almost like the beatles anthology where it's like you know say charlie humming into a boombox for be all end all yeah. uh into like him sitting on a couch with a riff than them in the rehearsal studio to them tracking or whatever it's just like to me the city of four release it's my greatest thing i've been involved with yeah, man, that sounds so cool. I can't imagine having one of my favorite bands just bring me over boxes and boxes of tapes and be like, yeah, go through this stuff, see what you can find. I mean, that's, that's got to be an amazing feeling like to be going through it and then be like, whoa, what is this, you know? <laughs> Absolutely, it's awesome. It's so, it, it is so cool. And it's so funny because actually today I just received my CD copy and vinyl copy of the release and you know one of those things where it's like you know seeing your name like executive producers charlie benante but then it says you know compile and edited by sean franklin right Right. underneath his credits i'm like wow that is cool yeah it is so cool well can you describe a little bit about the packaging for the for the package and and so people kind of get an idea of what they're going to get all right so as far as the, the CD version of it, that's where you're going to have, like, you have the album remastered, all corresponding B-sides pertaining to release, all on disc one, and then disc two is going to be, like, the Charlie's archives, and that's going to be, like, all the, you know, like, demos to whatever formation. But, yeah, it comes with, like, a 20-page book, and I think the vinyl has, like, uh-huh. a, a red one and a, and a yellow one. I watched an unboxing video today from somebody on YouTube. And- Actually, I saw that too. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, it looks like a hell of a pack. Like, if you're an Anthrax fan, you're gonna want this yeah, you gotta in your love collection because it's uh, it's really. And I love that they're doing this, but it's it's amazing how much Charlie has saved through his career because a lot of artists tend to dispose of a lot of this stuff, right. or they'll tape over tapes, even especially back in the '80s because. A lot of times they're thinking they're never going to use these things again, so they'll just tape over stuff. But it sounds like he was very meticulous in in keeping all of this stuff. Oh, absolutely, because, like I said, the amount that I've received, it's just, like, all kinds of things. Like, I mean, you you could even go to, like, I think they do uh, Milk for the Attack of the Killer Bees release. There's, like, a version of, like, Milk with, like, bee sounds and... And a lot of things are all actually labeled as like Charlie's tape, Chuck's tape, Charlie's tape, Chuck's tape. So he was, you could definitely see he was very like, you know, instrumental in like archiving this stuff and just keeping copies of all this stuff. Yeah, I'm sure glad he did. Oh yeah, it's awesome. (laughs) So let's do a little bit of uh, history on the album. This was their fourth studio album. It was released on September 19th in 1988. 30 years Uh ago. Hard to believe. I know it. uh, Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Megaforce Island Records was produced by Anthrax with Mark Dodson and uh, Alex Pirellis Engineering. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. reached number 30 on the Billboard 200 in late 88, was certified gold in February of 89. That's awesome. Um, I remember when this came out, I remember getting it when it came out, 
but it, it was interesting times because you know hair metal was huge at this time so anthrax and i remember anthrax got a lot of media attention around this point like the the media was actually really behind them at this time and I, i'm guessing because i'm the man was popular already yeah and um so this actually got a lot of press and i remember the video for antisocial got played quite a bit on mtv and uh also who cares wins was yep. released as a single the major- oh, yeah. majority of the album's music was composed by charlie and a lot of the lyrics were composed by scott the band, I mean, I have to bring this up because the band over the years has not really spoken super fondly about this album. So basically saying it was a rush job and even Charlie going as far in an interview at one point saying, um, I hope we never have to play this album in full because I would hate it. And it's like, so honestly, when I heard that this was coming out, I was a little surprised because I always got the impression that the band really wasn't thrilled with how this album turned out. But um, did Charlie have any talks with you about like maybe in hindsight that he likes it more now? Well, it's so funny because all right, if you want to rewind back to Statements of Euphoria, which is the promo album around the time of the album, which is the interviews, yeah. and those interviews are actually part of the disc two. Right. To me, like it's it's just so funny because like the band is like totally into the album. So it's not like, uh, oh, man, you know, I, I really wish that, you know, we had more time or whatever. I mean, like, everyone is totally into it. I do know that, like, even when we started discussing, like, making this and, and doing all this stuff, it's like almost like Charlie went back and almost, like, rediscovered the parts that they did, like, of the album. Mm-hmm. And again, just from my conversations, I, I just feel that it seems like Charlie liked, like, I don't know, say like 75%, 80% of it, but the rest of it was like, they didn't quite finish it because they were rushed because they were going to do the Monsters of Rock stuff. I think they were doing Donington. Yes. Yeah, so mm-hmm. they kind of had to wrap up stuff and get on the road. I will say, though, for me personally, I think the album's awesome. I got it the day it came out, you know, as a fan. Like, I think it was like in 10th grade or something like that, but it's like, I think Joey's vocals and like, Who Cares Wins are so awesome. But I have to agree that from going from Among the Living to to State, there's a few things it's like I think they could have taken a little more time on, but it's still a great album. Yeah. For me, I, I would really associate this one with being like my first Anthrax mm-hmm. album. Like we always say, it's yep. the, the first one that came out when we were old enough to appreciate it and maybe even have the money to go buy it. So this was one I was always excited about. And I think looking back... There's like five of the greatest Anthrax songs ever on this album. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of it's just all kind of okay. But those five songs are just killer. You know, some of the best stuff they ever did. Well, that's kind of how I feel with like like Be All End All. Yeah. And I don't know. Like, all right. Be All End All. Who Cares Wins. Like, even if you wanted to like take those two songs. I love those two songs so much. Like I said, I got the album when it came out, but it's like even hearing the cello of like, you know, be all and all. It was like hearing that for the first time, I was like, wow, this is really cool. And then when it kicks in, it's so heavy.
always liked that song. I never understood why they call track 10 finally when it's spelled finale. Yeah. <laughs> I remember being confused I by that when I was young. I hear your mama calling you. That's such a great song. <laughs> That's one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. Record. Yeah, mine too. thing i've noticed and it's the guitars are brought up more on the remaster it seems like because in the original version which it's always surprised me that what that charlie would talk down about it because honestly charlie seems louder than everything else on this album oh absolutely oh my god oh yes absolutely the original version of that album yes the drums are screaming yeah yeah, it's almost like uh, Steve Harris with Iron Maiden, like where the bass is like yeah. way right. up front. It's all drum, 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 drum. Oh, totally. But uh, but the the new version of this, like the guitars are definitely beefed up more, so it's it's got a bit of more of a full sound to it. Right on. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I I definitely I definitely uh, got into it more listening to the new version of it. But um, here's it, and here's the other thing about Anthrax too at this time. Was how like you talked about how like hair metal and mm. and those kind of bands were the hugest thing in the world in '88, but you know Anthrax was like like the rock fans were divided. You had your Poison, Warrant, Motley Crue fans, and then you had your Anthrax, Metallica, yeah. Megadeth fans, Slayer, you know, and guys like that. But Anthrax was one of those bands that was like. They were they they crossed parties almost. Yes, they did. You know what I mean. Yeah. So like the guys like me that love Motley Crue and Kiss and stuff like that were also like really into Anthrax, but I think that was because of I Am the Man. You know mm-hmm. that that was such a a crazy thing. Like we're mm-hmm. all little kids listening to that, going, "Hee hee, we're getting away with something." You know, we're we're being naughty by listening to this. Right. That you know it it grabbed a hold of you enough to go, okay, you know, and then the fact that they always you know, talk great about Kiss. You know, Anthrax oh, always yeah. talk great you about yeah. Kiss. And so that kind of made it okay, too, you know, where, like, maybe you didn't get into Slayer so much, you know. Back then, I really didn't. But Anthrax was cool, you know. But I know Eric Carr was a big fan of Anthrax. Yeah. I think he was probably a, a, a big reason why they wound up touring with Kiss, because I think it was probably his recommendation. Because i got to think Paul and Gene were probably not paying too much attention to what was going on in Thrash at that point. No, they were too oh, worried about God. trying to be Bon Jovi. At that time, no way. Probably not. Gene was just working on movies, and Paul was wanting to produce bands. But um, mm-hmm. but that, that I always thought that was such a strange touring lineup with Kiss at, at their most hair metal and Anthrax opening. Such yeah. a weird combination. I wish I saw the tour. I didn't see it. No, I didn't either. But uh, I got to wonder what Charlie's take on, on opening for Kiss on that tour must have been. Oh, yeah. Especially, like you said, at that time period. Because if you think about it, it's like, 
like like especially for like Frankie, Scott, and Charlie, they're like such huge hardcore '70s Kiss fans. It's like I don't know, it must have been a little weird to see them like going through that transition of where Kiss was. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And I got to give, uh, as I did in the Spreading the Disease episode, I got to give uh, Dan Spitz credit because such yeah, a oh, an, shit, yeah. such an amazing lead player on this material and. His name doesn't come up awesome, nearly enough awesome. through that era, but some of the solos he did on this album just fucking rip. Oh, yeah. Undeniable. Oh, it's great. Totally great. Totally great. So, And I don't know. I, I, I find that unfortunate. I just, I wish, like, again, it, it could be, it could go back to the whole Kiss thing, or it's like, you know, a lot of Kiss fans wish Paul, Gene, Peter, and Ace could all just, like, you know, make up and dance around the streets and have a good time it's like i kind of feel the same way with anthrax i wish those guys would just like make up and the harsh feelings and whatever just like bygones yeah well and there was such a chemistry with this group of guys oh yeah because they Mm -hmm. all the albums have such a cohesiveness to them and they're there's just there's just something to be said about that era of the band i'm a i'm a giant fan of the bush era of the band but i mean the Mm -hmm. this group of guys it's like classic era yeah the stuff they did was it really Anthrax totally had their own sound, especially back in those days, oh, yeah. and uh, and this album is proof of that. But yeah, I remember a lot of my friends that were big into Slayer and even like black metal fucking loved Anthrax. You know, they were they mm-hmm. were they oh, were yeah. very well respected amongst a lot of thrash people. Oh, for sure, absolutely. And the thing is, I got into Metallica before Anthrax, and that was in '86. But then. Like once I was actually turned on to spread the disease, I heard AAR for the first time, and I'm like, they became like one of my bands. I'm like, just Joey's vocals. I'm like, I love this stuff so much. Yeah, you know? Anthrax was totally my gateway drug into thrash. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Yeah, probably a lot of people's. I um, I was taken aback a little bit with the French version of Antisocial. That was a strange one. <laughs> what is it? It's them singing it in French. Really? Yeah. What is that about? That's classic. <laughs> Did they do that just to release it in France? It's actually released on Nice F and EP uh-huh. single, and it's on there. Pinnacle Festival. So, it, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's like it was actually released like in Europe on that single. Friggin' and the Riggin' cover. That's that's pretty strange. Friggin' and the Riggin's the best. Yeah. I love that so much. <laughs> that is so classic. Yeah. That's I a- mean, I remember like being like like again like in tenth grade, and my friend, uh, my friend Scott Lawson had the, the the actual single for Antisocial, and it's like hearing that for the first time. I'm like, this is so great. <laughs> well, because it totally carries that classic, just like that classic like New York old school feel like I don't know I just the, the way they sing it is just it, it's so awesome I love it <laughs> 
it's so cool that it's back on this because I heard that years ago, like you say, when it was new and somebody had that single and thought it was so cool, but then never had my own copy of it and then totally forgot about it all these years later till I see now it's come back up on this. Now I'm excited for it. Yeah. It's interesting. Oh, yeah, it's jamming. I love it. Well, and the, the, the two that they, that I really go back that have a place in my heart as a as a young guitar player when I, when I was listening to it was... The Parasite cover, obviously, is a Kiss fan because it's it's amazing. Nails that solo. Oh yeah, yeah he does. It's insanely. And they, they had. It's funny to think how much of an influence Anthrax had on Kiss, because when Anthrax comes out and starts playing Parasite the way they're playing it, then all of a sudden Kiss starts looking at this song differently. Then all of a sudden they're playing Watching You a little bit differently, mm-hmm. and then they're playing mm-hmm. even even she, you know, and even um, I was made for loving you, you know, when they're playing that live, that oh, song all of a sudden becomes oh, heavier yeah. and oh, faster. For sure. Sure, yeah. absolutely. So, Anthrax back then had a no big doubt. influence on Kiss and helped make them heavier again. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yep, those days and like, if you want to say Kiss three, those days were awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. We're having so much fun today talking to Sean all about Anthrax, the big State of Euphoria 30th Anniversary Edition. How exciting it is. I mean, I I can't even believe it's been 30 years already. Uh, We're all old. I know, man. (laughs) But we still all rock, and so does Anthrax. That's very cool. Uh, We'll take a quick halftime break before we get back into it. Got to let you guys know about all the cool stuff going on, just like we always do. You know, it's it's the same old stuff, but it's always new and exciting to us. Of course, we got our VIPs. We are doing some cool new stuff with them. You know, we're Mm -hmm. trying out some new ideas. We're doing the Torpedo Dudes we've been telling you about, our very own KISS podcast that's exclusive for our VIPs. What? You're not a VIP yet? It's really simple. All you got to do is go to Patreon.com, look up Decibel Geek. You're going to find your uh, different levels of commitment, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and none of it's expensive. No. You know, we we keep it real cheap, but for what you get for it, it's a hell of a deal because we've been doing this for years now. And so we've got all kinds of back content for you to check out all the way back to we used to do verses where we just take two bands and argue about it. And we like to do random CD tournaments where we'll each grab eight to 16 CDs out of the rack. A a lot of CDs behind a lot of CDs to choose from. So we like to pick them at random and then make each other do 
you know, mind-bending, heart-wrenching tournaments where we have to choose between our favorite CDs down to one final winner. The last one we did was the di- most difficult by far. Yeah, they were fun. <laughs> we haven't done that in a minute, but we've been doing it again. So you get Torpedo Dudes, you get the Chris and Aaron show, which we're always going to continue because we know not everybody's as big Kiss fans as we are. No. But we always are going to do the Chris and Aaron show, which is just a bunch of random stuff. You know, yeah. you get those tournaments, you get us talking about the current news. If you like the new noise episodes we do once in a while. Yeah, that's what it is. Basically, that's what it is. It's us talking about new stuff going on in rock. We talk about all our favorite bands. And then we talk about stuff that doesn't have nothing to do with anything. And yeah. it's really kicked back. So it ends up being pretty freaking hilarious yeah, you get to know, you know You get to know us a little bit more personally through through the Patreon VIP. It turns out we're a lot funnier than I thought we were. Because when I listen back to the Patreon <laughs> stuff, I laugh my ass off yeah, it's, the whole time. We, the feedback we got from the, the Patreon VIPs is always good. And um, we would love to have more of you on there. So we're giving you a lot of value for your dollar there. Yeah. And so we, we could always use your help and support. And that's our way of earning it, you yeah. know, giving you something for it. So definitely check us out on Patreon.com. Look up Decibel Geek. Become a VIP. What else we got going on? Well, we got YouTube. We got Rock and Ron over there. He's the captain of the ship. Yeah. Of Decibel Geek TV. Tons of concert clips. Awesome stuff there. You could lose yourself at Decibel yep. Geek TV. Make a day of it. Make an afternoon, whatever. How much ever time you got, just start going video to video because all the best bands in the world have videos on Decibel Geek TV. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you also got the Coon Brothers now. Yep. Rock and Ron producing his own video cast with the Coon Brothers. Yeah. And they get drunk and talk about rock. Yeah, what what could be better than that? Nothing. It's great, you know. <laughs> so you definitely want to check that out. I mean, we're everywhere. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're yep. on Facebook, of course. That's really the main place for the conversation is Facebook because we got Coxie taking care of our Facebook page, and he's always putting out new thought provoking, you know, things, polls, you know, conversation pieces, things to get people talking. You know, we we like to see the rock and rollers conversing with each other because we kind of peek in on that and go hey, that would be a cool idea for a show. Or this would be something fun to talk about one week on Decibel Geek, you know? So we're always looking for people and their conversations and things that are going on on Facebook. That's one of our favorite places to go and get involved in that. You can get involved in it, too. I highly recommend you do. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, if you're going to do your shopping online, go wherever the hell you want. Yeah. Where's the list? Don't have a list anymore. No list? No list. No list. Yeah. The Jer- list is gone. Jericho's the last person with a list, apparently. Oh yeah, the Alpha and the Omega. Yeah, um, just uh, yeah, go wherever you go wherever you get music, buy music. Be sure you support the artist. Amazon broke up with us. Yeah, it's weird. But we go into that, you know, talking about VIP stuff. We go into all that, you know. We'll we're gonna tell the whole story about how we got dropped as Amazon affiliates and. You're not going to believe it. It's yeah. crazy, and it makes zero sense. For, but, a, for a very strange reason. Yeah, So, but we break it all down for our VIPs. If you're curious about that and say, what the hell happened to the list, unless you're just happy it's gone, but it's gone. No mm. more list, no more Amazon. But here's the important thing. It doesn't really matter because, you know, yes, we've appreciated everybody that's bought stuff through totally. that Amazon link that we used to have at decibelgeek.com that is no longer there. And... uh you know, definitely, definitely appreciate everybody that supported us with that. You know, if you if you want to, you want to keep supporting the show, become a VIP. But, you know, as far as that goes, it doesn't matter where you're buying your music. What's important is that you are buying your music. And so here's what I'll recommend for you, because obviously after today, you've got to be thinking, I've got to get this Anthrax State of Euphoria 30th anniversary 
you know, awesome CD or album or however mm-hmm. you however you take your rock and roll. Maybe just go to the actual record company website. Or Anthrax.com. Or go to Anthrax. Perfect. Anthrax.com. Get it directly from the band. That way you're not cutting anybody in. Decibel Geek or anyone. You know, the just, band gets the just money. give the money all to the band. Go to Anthrax.com and get that. Because, I mean, again, what's this show all about? It's about celebrating rock and roll. The past, the present, and the future. You right. know, so... Our stance has always been this, support the bands that have supported you over the years, you know, the bands that make you feel good. When you listen to their music, you say, man, this is great. I hope this band never goes away, whether it's a a legendary band from the past or it's an up-and-coming band like we talked about a couple of weeks ago Mm -hmm. on Fresh Blood. You know, we support it all. Rock and roll is what it's all about, and we want to keep it alive and well. And the only way to do that is to support the bands and artists. So however you do it, wherever you buy your music, just buy the music. See them in concert. Buy their T-shirts. Keep rock and roll alive. Amen. That's what it's all about. No Amazon list, no problem, because we're just going to keep rock and roll alive no matter how we got to do it. So, again, thanks to everybody that does support us in the numerous ways that you do. And, uh, yeah, so I guess we're going to figure out some new interesting things to do with our halftime breaks from here on out. But for today, I guess that's it. So are you ready to get back to our conversation with Sean? Certainly. Here's some more anthrax for you. Personally, the uh, the cover of Pipeline, I had a bonding moment with my father over that song because I knew it was an old song. Right. But when I was uh, I was taking guitar lessons at the time and I and I wanted to learn it and um, I was playing it in my room with the distortion cranked and everything and my dad walks in and he goes, "Oh my God, that's Pipeline!" And I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "It's Anthrax." He's like, "That's not that's an old song." I'm like, "Yeah, but Anthrax did a version of it." And he was just wowed oh, by classic. it. Because it's, cool. it's a really fun song to play on the guitar. <laughs> and it's such a cool song to listen to, the way Anthrax does it and rocks it out. I mean, that's one of my favorite things. Just like, if I had to pick, if we ever did, like, you know, number one instrumentals, that's that there. might be my number one instrumental. Yeah, Anthrax version of Pipeline. It just chugs. Oh, I love it. It's awesome. speeding tickets too so if you i mean well well, you're the one who worked on this thing day and night i mean you put a ton of hours in on this and you've probably heard these songs inside and out a million times what what are the songs that stand out to you that mean a lot to you on this record let's see 
if you want to go disc A, I still say like just like I mentioned, um, friggin' the Riggin, because I love that song. I don't know that song means so much to me, and I just love it. Uh, brings back great memories, and I don't know. I just love that the, the crazy raw New York vocals of that song. I love that. Um, if you want to go to disc two, what's my favorite? And I have to say, uh, hands down, be all end all. Going from Statements to Euphoria to Charlie humming into a boombox to Charlie on a couch writing riffs to the rehearsal room to an alternate version of the song. I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. That's like, that's like the Beatles anthology version of Anthrax. Right. Shoot, yeah, that's awesome. I wish more bands would you do know? this. Yeah, I mean, this is a really unique thing. I, has any, I can't think of anybody's ever really done it like that before. Other than maybe something like the Beatles anthology. Well, the thing is, let's put it this way. State Euphoria presented a lot more stuff to work with than Spread the Disease. So that's where I had the idea. I'm like, you know, we should do like a like a Beatles anthology thing. And then, I, of course, again, all roads lead to Charlie Benante. So any crazy, wacky ideas I had or whatever, like it all goes back to Charlie. So I'm like, you know, what do you think of this or what do you think of that? And, and he's like, he's like, oh, man, that's awesome. That's awesome. Let's go with this. Let's go with this. And my first thing I submitted to Charlie was my final version of Be All End All. And he loved it. He thought, he's like, that is so cool. So that's what we went with. And that was going to be like the blueprint for this whole release. Yeah. And I just love it. It just it's like that start to finish kind of thing. It's like almost like a fly on the wall kind of thing. Was there was there anything that he nixed that you wanted included? Actually no. Um oh, everything wow. that I did my final submissions to, <laughs> everything got approved. Uh finally the only thing was finally was I chose a tracking version of just Scott and Charlie because the double basses and the, the double basses in that song are insane, mm-hmm. and to hear it just like Charlie and Scott is like wow this is lunacy. But Charlie wanted some more live stuff, and so I is here's a funny story for you guys. I actually tracked down a live version of Finally from a bootlegger who had it, and the bootlegger actually gave me a copy of the song to use for the release. Didn't charge me and. It was a soundboard recording, and then we went with that. So that was cool. Man, you know, we, we said it the last time we had had you on here, and we talked about what you're doing for Anthrax. But again, man, it makes me so happy that you're the one doing this. Like, you're the one that's that's helping this become a reality because, again, you know, when it's somebody who loves it and somebody that cares and anthrax means something to you you put everything into it and you know looking at the the track listing on these albums you bring the most out of it and it's obviously for anthrax fans because what anthrax fan is not going to go nuts for this Mm. because it's done and put together and coordinated by an anthrax fan and it's it's beautiful to me i i i totally appreciate it because it's the truth it is the truth yeah it's like I'm a hardcore Anthrax fan. I am so happy to be in this position doing this stuff. But I also want to bring out like the coolest package I can possibly get. That's awesome. Have you? So it's like persistence. Persistence is even better. Yeah. Have Have you gotten feedback from uh, Charlie and the other guys about what they think about this? It's a weird thing because Scott just got his copies before he left for Europe to tour with Slayer. Mm-hmm. So it's like one of those things where I'm like, 
I actually asked, you know, Scott, I'm like, you know, what do you think? He's like, well, I haven't heard it yet. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I know that speaking to a lot of different Anthrax fans, like a lot of people are very happy with this. And even reviews, like, I mean, ABC News Radio did a review on this thing. Uh, I've been in Guitar World magazine because of this thing. Awesome. It's wild. It's wild stuff. <laughs> That's great, man. The only bad thing about all this is when I look at this and I think about all my other favorite bands from back that were releasing albums in this era, and I look at this and the only bad thing about it is why aren't all these bands doing this? Like Skid Row and, and Motley Crue and Metallica and everybody should be sending all their tapes to Sean and letting him do this for them because this is amazing. Well, the thing is, I swear to God, it's like I'm trying to build this. I, I want to do more because think about it. It's like if you're a casual fan and you hear um, – you know, whatever, X, Y, Z by some band. Oh, that's fine and dandy. But it's like for the diehards, it's like it'd be so awesome to have, like, all these archives exposed. Yeah. Like, oh, well, you know, here's we have in the archive. Check this out, you know, from start to finish or whatever. It's like that. this stuff is so awesome. Yeah, so I'm saying how cool would it be if Kiss did this or, you know, if Blackly Lawless, if you're out there listening, you know, send your tapes to Sean. Let him do this for these old Wasp albums, you know, and on down the line. Every one of your favorite mm-hmm. bands. Imagine... The listener out there right now, imagine your very favorite band. Now, if they were to go back and and pull out the old tapes, you know, and bring out these rarities and these different mixes and and all these different things and come out with what Anthrax is doing, how happy would that make you? Not to mention all the Anthrax fans. It'd be so awesome. Mm -hmm. It'd be so cool. And it's like it's one of those things where kind of like niche, niche projects tend to do better these days so it's not like yeah. you you're not putting the anthrax i'm sure anthrax isn't putting this out thinking it's going to sell hundreds of thousands of copies right but they're putting it out to the the most diehard fans that have been craving for stuff like this but yeah. and obviously as you know there's a lot of us podcasters that we focus on the deep dive stuff into into stuff so this stuff is tailor-made for a lot of what we do so um all the reviews I've read have been great for this thing. I haven't. I don't think I've seen one negative review on this so far. Yeah, what's not to love? That really makes it exciting for me because, for some reason, with spreading, there hasn't been like a big like like a media push with this one, and it, it, it's like with this one, it's like uh, you know I'm, I'm seeing my name on like all these different websites where I didn't see before. And I'm like, wow, this is really cool, man. This is really cool. <laughs> Well, hopefully it encourages them to continue to – I know they're going to do Persistence next. I, I, Like I said before we got on mic, I, I'm hoping they go into the Bush years with this because yeah. I would love to hear at least a Sound of White Noise when done. Well, like I said, I have the tapes. I've got tons of stuff. Awesome. Oh, man. I mean, I'm Charlie, so jealous. Charlie, Charlie sent me a freaking mountain load, so. Wow. I'm so grateful for him to be having the the foresight to archive this stuff and actually, you know, hold it back and and know that someday this is going to mean something to somebody. Yeah. Well, the thing that I say is this: I am so totally grateful and appreciative to Charlie to let me do this stuff. I'm just an Anthrax fan from from '86. My favorite of the big four. And to be where I am, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I don't know, I just, I'm just so grateful. It's like, I can't believe I'm doing this. <laughs> like, seriously, like not bragging or like boasting, but it's just like, like the humbling kind of thing. It's right. like, wow, seriously? It's like, oh my you God, know? I found the perfect job for myself. 
<laughs> it's exactly. awesome, and I want to keep going. I'm excited to hear what they the, the persistence one because the, these two have been total home runs. Yeah. So I uh, and I as, as Aaron said, I certainly hope that other bands contact you and, yeah. and get you to do this because I think you're on to something. And this is like the future or like old rock archive releases. I mean, there needs to be a lot more of this. Shoot, yeah, because that's what we crave as fans. You know, we've been buying these albums, their studio releases over the years. Take any one of our favorite bands, we've been buying these albums. Now, how cool would it be to get the stuff that you always fantasized about? Like, oh, I wonder if they ever did anything more for this album. What do we What do we say to everybody every time we do an album's unleashed? Were there any other songs ever recorded during these sessions? We ask it every single time, you know, because that's the stuff we crave. Was there anything else? Is there anything else that can be heard? Is there, you know, anything that can go with this? Well, with Anthrax, we're getting that totally. That's awesome. It's so awesome. Yeah, it is. Seriously, it's awesome. I love it. 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 <laughs> um, one of my favorite bands on the planet, releasing rare stuff. It's awesome. It paints them in a great light. Yeah. You know. Well, yeah. if I can have you pass on any request to Charlie for an album to do, I want to hear one of these done for Volume 8. I guess we'll get there eventually, <laughs> we'll right? We'll see. We'll see. That album is I mean, a total underrated gem in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, it is. Well, Sean will get them all to us. Yeah, eventually. we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, my my biggest thing is I can't wait to dive into Persistence because I've got a truckload full of tapes over here. Wow. I mean, even like State, I have always said like, you know, like I'm like, oh, you know, uh, State Euphoria is the best release I've ever done. I'm the most proud. But with Persistence, oh. Pfft. There's a truckload of tapes. There's so much stuff. There's them so doing Jailbreak for Thin Lizzy. There's all kinds of rehearsal tapes. There's so much stuff. Wow. It's going to be amazing. Well, I can't wait for that I'm one. glad we don't live in the same town because our wives would leave us and we'd lose our jobs and <laughs> Desperate Podcast would go down the drain. Like, That's funny. Where are those That's guys? Funny. Oh, they're over at Sean's house again. They won't leave them alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be asking you to move. But again, in, just like I mean, I'm, uh, I, I totally, I don't know, just totally happy, totally happy. I never in a million be, years thought that I'd be doing this stuff, and it's really cool. It's really cool. It's very cool, man. You should be very proud of yourself. This is amazing stuff you're doing. Well, I uh, I appreciate you coming on and sharing the story of it again. And um, we always do a playout song, so I'm going to give you the honors. What what song from this 30th anniversary of State of Euphoria do you want to play out with? I have to go with my favorite. Who cares wins? All right, and that's that's what we'll do, and we'll see you next week.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 